All right. Good morning. Good morning, team. Thank you so much for jumping on the call. I appreciate it. Um, today's call is called The Value of Time. And I'm going to get into that in great detail. I did, it's, it's the last two calls, including this one, have just been kind of a brain dump of thoughts that I've been having over the holidays, et cetera. And, um, you know, I, uh, we want to talk about the value of time today. But before I do that, I want to talk to you about my professional purpose, and that is to help you, the broker, optimize your productivity and help you become the best version of you. Why? Because I do believe happy brokers sell more real estate. And I do that by helping you handle challenges and opportunities that you face every single day. And if you can effectively manage certain situations that arise on a daily basis in your business, you'll be more productive and live a life that is the best version of you. And when I, when I say that line, team, that truly is my purpose. I would love to spend a ton of time with each and every one of you, but these Monday morning pep talks are my way of scaling time with you each week. So just know that going into these calls that that's what this is about. That's what this is about. And on this 178th episode of my Monday morning pep talk, I will give you the results of my most recent thinking sessions. It's going to be on the topic of time. Now, this topic comes up a lot as we as we enter new years, right? This time of year. And as we start to execute these business plans that we create in the fourth quarter, you know, based around our three-year visions, our annual themes, and our quarterly incentives, our initiative, excuse me. This episode will be based on the question I've asked myself or on questions I've asked myself and those that have been asked of me uh, by, by others. And some of them are just statements, but, um, you know, my recommendation for this call, and this doesn't really apply to you because you're here live, but for those that are going to be reading it tomorrow, you definitely want to reread this, but also listen to the audio because I'm going to be um, expanding a lot on my uh, thoughts here. So, um, like I said, if you're listening live, it doesn't apply to you because you're uh, you're here with me today. But um, first, I want to I want to set the stage on how to look at time. Okay. Um, you can't manage time. You can't manage time. You have to value time. The reason for that is that when time is gone, it's gone. So therefore you can't manage it. Now, for example, you can manage money because with money, you can lose all of it, but you have time to make it back up and then some, right? So you can manage your money, but with time, you can't manage it because it's literally, when it's gone, it's gone. So we should really change our language around it. And, you know, I'm guilty of using terms like time management um, as we describe this topic, right? So as I, as I dive deeper into this topic of time, I think we need to change our mindset around you know, how we value it because time has equity. 
It has equity. It means something. It has value. Now, here's a question I asked myself um, recently. Why did I not start or why didn't I start life planning earlier? Why didn't I start life planning earlier? Um, well, the reality is, is that nobody taught me the importance of looking at your life or looking at my life in chunks of time. Um, as I look back, I, I realize, and this is these are the things that I'm going to teach my daughters, is they're wanting to push things quickly. They want to grow up fast. But, you know, I tell them that you, you know, that you find your passion in your 20s and 30s, right? Like you are finding yourself. You're finding your, um, you know, uh, your passions as it relates to your work and where you want to live and all those things. And, and then in your 40s and 50s, you, you, you monetize what you found out about yourself in your 20s and your 30s, right? Where your passions and your work, um, those are your earning years. And when you move into your 60s and 70s, you tend to protect what you created previously in your life, right? Especially those earning years. And during all of this time, one should be focused on optimizing life experiences. So now knowing all this, um, you know, you realize it doesn't always work out that way, right? That you have your 20s and 30s, 40s and 50s. I'm a perfect example of that, right? I had to pivot massively um, midlife and I had to pivot because of lack of education. Um, that lack of education turned into some bad financial decisions and um, not just financial decisions, but others. Uh, the previous generation, um, it's been proven, didn't do a great job of passing down the laws of time and wealth. You know, we didn't we didn't grow up with all of this access to information that we have now. I mean, you could literally, and I have, teach yourself everything about anything through YouTube, through Google. And quite honestly, some of these social platforms, you can learn a lot from, from uh, thought leaders. Uh, so we, many of us in my generation, raised ourselves right? And so we had to go out and learn this stuff. And a big part of why I do these Monday morning pep talks is to take what I've learned and push it to those that are um, coming up in the ranks, right? And those that need and want to be validated in what they have, have learned. So, you know, we, uh, we need to learn to value time earlier in life compared to later in life, right? And, you know, my daughters, you know, are 20 and 17 this year. Be 20 and, and 17 this year. How is that possible? How is that possible? They were just babies yesterday. So don't blink. And everything I'm going to talk today is are the kind of things that I am discussing with Allie and Lizzie um, early on so they can value time and value experiences.
Okay. So why did I not start life planning earlier? Well, nobody taught me. Nobody taught me the power of chunking down your life and your business and everything into chunks of time. This periodization concept that I've been talking about. Um, so when we talk about performance, you see a lot of people out there talking about their performance here over the last couple of weeks. You know, the real performance metric, in my opinion, is PPH, which is profitability per hour worked. The industry loves metrics like annual production, but behind the curtain, those that are truly and really focused on high performance from a vision standpoint, focus on their profitability per hour worked. Right. You want to maximize and be incredibly efficient with your time. And how you do that is you just take your annual 1099 income or you can do it quarterly or however you want to do it. And divide by the hours you put in, you know, weekly or annually towards producing that income. That's your PPH. Um, now, it's not Instagrammable. People aren't out there talking about my PPH. But it does drive high performers that have gotten through and out of the noise. Okay. Similar to net worth. PPH, net worth. You if you keep your keep focused on those two metrics, you're gonna be way ahead. All right. You're gonna be way ahead. Now you should know your PPH and use it to scale your business and your needs at home. Okay, there is only one you, and as your business grows and as your life gets more complicated, you need to start buying time through technology, through uh, the assistance of others, and through systems and processes that can leverage your time. That can leverage your time. Okay, um, next. To protect your time, you have to learn to say no. Proper boundaries separate winners from those that struggle. It's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Will save you, that phrase will save you a significant amount of time. It's okay to be selfish with your time. Doesn't make you a bad person. Okay? And when you're saying no to things that aren't good for you or are not good opportunities for you, you are operating on a vision. You're operating on ego. You're saying yes because of what it might be able to provide you if it goes well. Okay. All right. Learn to say no. As you look, at unstable years like we had in 2022, like started out, you know, it was a massive roller coaster. It's not even really last year. It was 2020, 2021, and 2022. Those three years were crazy in terms of instability. Um, it's important to build into your life some contingency years, okay? Um, for example, I have built out my life plan for my career. Like I'm, you know, in my mid fifties, I'm kind of in inning number eight of my, of my nine year or nine inning career. 
And I built my plan out over nine years, okay, uh, remaining. And, but I've built in a contingency over years 10, 11, and 12 in case I need them if there is those unstable years in there. Um, what's the outlying factor on that type of plan, though, is my health, right, which is a focus of mine. Right. So when you look at a life plan, what's nice is you can you can build in some contingency years at the end of your career if you need them to hit your goals. OK. But I'm telling you what I have found is that if you really plan and you execute, you get there way quicker. You get there way quicker than a time frame that you put out there because you are going to be more effective and efficient than you could ever see possible. So what do those contingency years do for you? Those years at the tail end of your, what you would say would be your end of your career. Well, what it does is it takes the stress out of the sky is falling. The market will never be the same. I'm doomed. All of this worry that people have, right? Um, life planning when you look at it, it's pretty powerful stuff. And so for me, I look at these contingency years as really powerful, really powerful way for me to stay focused and not let worry and stress build up. Okay. Next, compounding is the eighth wonder of the world. He, he who understands it earns it. He who doesn't pays it. Albert Einstein. Now, if I was to do it all over again, I would have focused less on what others were doing and possessing and focus more on loading up my knowledge, loading up my investment accounts at an earlier age. If you do that, you'll have less pressure later in life. Okay, you've, you've heard all of the success stories as it relates to compounding um, when it comes to money. As importantly, though, the compounding of relationships you have will create stability in your life and business over the long haul, providing a constant flow of opportunities. This is why I teach this relationship-based business model. Okay, um, When you buy a lead and it doesn't pan out, guess what? It's gone. But if you really take care of a relationship, right? And you do right by that relationship, those those relationships will compound. Okay. And I found that out. I found that out. Like a year when I started this process of building a relationship business model, um, it it uh the phone just rang after about year three, year four, it just it rang. I didn't even have to worry about lead generation anymore because it was all coming out of my database and I when I got into leadership 10 years ago, it took me four years to wind my business down. Four years to wind it down. There was so much momentum. Okay. So we got to look at this power of compounding in every aspect of our life, not just financially, but relationships. Those aren't just business relationships. Those are personal relationships. It's parents pouring into your kids over the, over the life of, of, of their growing up years, being available, so important. That adds up. That adds up. Okay, we've 
added a 13th week to our quarter planning method, right? Like we have 12 week year, 12 weeks in each quarter, you got the 13th week. Should we add a 13th hour to our day? And this is, if you listen to last week's call, um, you, you heard that I kind of broke that out and I had so many people reach out to me to thank me for telling me that, um, that I started to incorporate some of this mindless activities at the end of my day to unwind and use it almost as a way to celebrate, right? Um, that day doing a, doing a job well done. So it's just similar to that week 13th in the 12th year, 12 week year, right? So um, just like we would set aside week 13 to celebrate and reset and, and plan, do that in your day, day thir- you know, hour number 13. Um, just to give you a little contact, uh, context on why I went so far, uh, why I'm bringing this up, because I, um, I went so far to optimize every area of my life because I had to. Um, and I did an audit on, on everything I was doing back in 2009. And I did the math you guys. And I realized I spent almost a month and a half of real productive time watching, listening to, or attending sporting events. Primarily my two favorite teams, which are the Chicago Cubs and my childhood favorite, um, the Nebraska, Nebraska football. Okay. So I spent a significant amount of time following every aspect of those two teams and I had to cut way back on those two areas and when I did I saw a massive increase okay I saw a massive increase in my productivity and this detox over the years turned into an obsession one that probably went too far on the continuum all right so it wasn't until this past few months where I'm like Jim, like you, you gotta like, you know, start, you know, enjoying parts of your life a little bit more. You don't want to be at dinner on a Thursday night looking at your watch at eight o'clock, eight thirty, saying, "Man, I got to get home," you know, because I got to get up tomorrow morning. So it's, uh, it was my uh, realization that I was starting to take this optimized life um, a little too far, and I needed to, um, I needed to add a little. Uh, fun at the end of each day. All right. Um, next, how much time? Why do we waste so much time worrying? Um, I think most people are just not good at transitioning from different parts of the day and different versions of themselves. Remember that word transitioning. This business is hard and it's going to provide body blow after body blow throughout the day. And honestly, the nature of this business, you know, is never going to change. All right. It is what it is. Um, We are in business because it is hard. All right. So. How we let it impact us, though, can change. Okay. And the question in your, you're asking me right now is, well, Jim, how? How? 
and it's through proper transitioning. So this is talked about it last year or the year before on one of my Monday morning pep talks. It's the process of taking a few seconds to toggle back and forth from one version of yourself to the other. So, you know, you got to toggle from being a real estate agent when you come home at night, toggle from being a real estate agent to a mom, dad, wife, husband, partner before you enter the home at the end of the day. Okay. So, and then when you go to bed, you got to toggle, you got to be a good a person that's good at sleep. Then you got to toggle to that version of yourself in the morning. How do I plan? How do I, how do I, you know, optimize my mornings and how do I optimize my evenings, which I just talked about. So you have to compartmentalize the suck versus the amazing. Okay. You have to compartmentalize the suck versus the amazing. If you don't, the amazing will start to suck too. All right. So transitioning, learning how to not always be in the zone. Um, super, super important thing that I have that I have learned. And now I'm trying to, like I said, putting the finishing touches on it. Do not underestimate the power of concentrated time. Do not underestimate the power of concentrated, concentrated time on deep work. You can call it time blocking. You can call it you know, going into airplane mode, it doesn't matter. Find time on your calendar for deep, concentrated work. For me, I can only pull this off in the mornings and on the weekends, okay? My weekend mornings are the best. That's when I write up my Monday morning pep talk on, on Sunday mornings. Starting, stopping, and restarting never provides the same powerful results as deep work. There is a cost to being interrupted. What does your day look like? Okay. Another question I had, what does your day look? How do I start the process of building out an ideal day? It starts with sleep. How much sleep do you need? Don't guess. Go to bed at a certain time each night and don't set an alarm. It's good to do over a holiday period of time or, you know, you set some time where you just go to bed at a certain time. Don't set an alarm. See when you wake up. And when you know naturally when you wake up, you can track, do this for five or seven days, and you'll find a pattern that emerges. Bookend your days with that sleep schedule. For me, it's seven hours. For me, it's seven hours. And yes, you do need a sleep schedule. Start your morning with time to wake up and then give yourself at least an hour, preferably two or three of runway time before you enter the arena. Put a stop time at the end of your day, transition into meaningful time with your significant others, family, friends, and that mindless stuff at the end of the day, like I talked about, you rinse and repeat. Make sure you have one day a week that you don't take yourself too seriously. Don't take yourself too seriously. Um, next, why is it important to read and attend courses? Well, time spent on self-development is a crucial investment investment needed to live the best version of you. 
The more knowledgeable you are prevents less poor decisions. Poor decisions can cost you a massive amount of time. In my case, as I've told you, the decisions I made in the mid-2000s cost me a decade. It was what I learned from those mistakes that drove me to make sure it never happened again. And in reality, it inspired me to share as much as I could with others so they don't make the same mistakes. Next, those that went at life and business had a plan to win at life and business. Say that again. Those that win at life and business had a plan to win at life and business. A simple concept that is so hard to understand. Like I said, this is a simple concept that is so hard to understand and implement for the 97% that don't do it. By planning properly, you actually have less stress and work less. When you have a vision, you make better decisions. Talked a lot about it, but having a life plan, a three-year vision, a theme for your year, and the idea of giving yourself quarterly goals and initiatives is the winning recipe. Next, time best spent in your business. What is it? Meaningful conversations and meaningful moments. There is a lot of correlation between your level of success and the amount of meaningful conversations and meaningful moments you create for those around you and obviously your your clients meaningful moments and meaningful um meaningful conversations you're going to hear me talk a lot about that as we move forward next your ability to be patient ties directly to your level of knowledge and wisdom okay when you have wisdom and knowledge you understand that there is a gestation cycle for everything. You plant in the spring and you harvest in the fall. You plant in the spring and harvest in the fall. The faster you try to push something along or try to move that gestation period faster, the longer it will take. And in some cases, it will not happen at all. Okay? Here's a big one. For every day that you do not execute your plan, it will require you that same amount of time to regain the moment, momentum you lost in that one day. For every day you, that you do not execute your plan, it will require the same amount of time to regain your momentum. Take a month off. It's going to take a, it's really going to cost you two. Don't think that you can jump right back in and gain your momentum. Your body will does not work that way. Your mind does not work that way. You have broken a rhythm, a biorhythm that takes time to create that momentum. If you respect time, it will be your friend. If you don't respect time, it will be your foe. If you don't respect time, it will be your foe. But the good news is so easy to make it be your friend. Team, over the last two weeks, I've given you a brain dump on what I've been thinking a lot about over the course of the last month. And I wanted to give you this deep dive into the value of time because a lot of the anxious questions I've been getting have had to do with time. 
primarily as the common denominator. So to make my point in conclusion, use time as a friend. Like I just said, use time as a friend. Use it to plan. Use it to execute consistently and efficiently. Use time to make good decisions. Use time to guide your growth. Use time to live ideal days. Use time to sleep well and celebrate. If you use time as a friend, you just won't have to worry as much. Using time the right way, you'll wake up in the morning confident that you're heading in the right direction. Using time the right way, you'll wake up confident that you are heading in the right direction. Have a great week, everyone. Talk to you next Monday.